set your system's volume control for slightly above the normal listening level. Let's go. Second level thinking is defined as looking beyond the easy, obvious conclusions. You've got to do some smart thinking. Welcome to the second level. To the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Where we go beyond the box score. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's your host, Aton Shander. So one of the things that pops from The Last Dance isn't anything that you saw on screen. It's not anything that's been discussed. My goodness, did we really need to reopen that Band-Aid of LeBron versus MJ? It's nothing that you saw or heard, and we've got plenty to look back on that documentary last night. And thankfully, we actually had something of value on television. In fact, this hour, we're going to compare. It's right there in front of you. We're going to compare value on TV and actually force you to choose three products of lesser value that you were forced to watch or at least suffer through on social media. But one of the things that pops from this documentary, and, and I'm laughing because we were talking about this on Twitch right before the show began, is now all of you either remember forced to remember through body and mind alike or it's brand new to you because you've been binging everything humanly possible but you actually have to wait you actually have to sit back and wait a week for this thing to pop with more episodes you have to remember that i know it's almost like remember going outside remember shaking hands remember a bus station an airport a train station Remember having to wait seven days for your show? Now, the difference is I'm still going through a brutal loop, no pun intended, waiting a week for shows like Westworld to come back and disappoint me. The good news here is that we can all wait collectively, and you know there'll be these nuggets and these little sprinkles of audio or video that will thread throughout the week to kind of keep us in lock, even though... We're quarantined and shut in, so it's not like we're turning to anything else. In fact, when you see the other options of what you had last week, you won't turn anywhere else but the last dance. I just think it's hilarious that people are re-experiencing this reawakening, this this travesty of having to wait a week. At least you won't be disappointed. That's the best thing about this. You know exactly what's coming. Me, on the contrary... I have to wait seven days for HBO to ruin a really good show as they continue to drive it into the ground. Jordan, next. Dealing with the root of the issues, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. And now, I mean, is this not the most famous song associated? Forget the Bulls and forget NBA. Is this not the most famous song associated with sport? Well, I would say it's associated with Bulls. I don't know anybody else who ever uses this. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. It's so synonymous with the Chicago Bulls, yeah. with the NBA. I mean, this is more synonymous, that- right? That, and I think it was used in the movie Beer Fest. Yeah, I bet you randomly around Hollywood and, and TV shows, like anything like this. This is, And this is awesome because 
it's the perfect example, right, of something that just is instantly synonymous with something like you think of Michael Jordan. You think of it now, right, yeah. in the Well, when they played lineup. it last night. It was you perfect. saw it last night, and you're like, yeah, okay, I'm getting the goosebumps. Yes, absolutely. Because we you, know it's coming. Do you think they had it? When do you think that Alan Parsons and Eric Wolfson realized that they created something? Like, when do you think they realized that this thing, because this song came out well before, what, oh, yeah. in, in like their early 80s? That's a good question. But did, they, some, did they write it with Michael Jordan in mind? No, they could no, no, not. No, no, they have. did. They did. If, if he was in North Carolina. Yep. Well, they were they were thinking, all right, the the play the PA announcer is going to say from North Carolina. So, it works perfectly when you hit that hook. Is right. that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, I think they originally wrote it for Sam Bowie. And then everything went to hell because they drafted yeah. Jordan instead. And uh no, I mean, you know, they, they, they decided to go. They wanted uh, the third pick. They they had flipped a coin and said, we're going to write this song for the third pick. And they thought Sam Bowie would be the third pick, but it didn't Instead, work out that Instead, everything way. messed up. Yeah. And it Portland was Jordan. Portland had to take, take Bowie. Portland screws everything up, don't they? they? They can't get it right. Well, there it is. Alan Parsons, Eric Wolfson create a masterpiece. Now, granted, this was in London, so they must have had a strong eye on college basketball they all knew, the way yeah. across the pond, if you will. They knew the American game. Apparently. They to write it. this masterpiece for the Chicago Bulls. But that is, like, think about this. NBA on NBC theme. What's more popular? I think it's this. Oh, I think, that. I right? Even, I mean, I'm trying to think of the NBA on NBC It took me a second. But if you played that one and you played this one, I wouldn't I would know that that's an NBA song. I wouldn't know if it's NBA on NBC. Okay. Now, let but me that the uh Alan Parsons song, I would know immediately. Let me put your feet to the fire on this here. Put it. What's more popular? Burn, baby burn. And I mean popular as far as you hear it and you instantly think of something sport related. It's the final countdown. What do you think of that? No, oh, I don't know. I'm just, just naming. It. Go ahead. What's your What's your song? Well, is that something that I'm missing? Is that sports? Does that play at the end of games, like going no, into the final so. two minutes of Rangers I think, games? I, no, I think it. Uh, I think it. Um, <laughs> it plays. Uh, so you know, some people play it at the beginning. Okay, just to start of a the game. Yeah, like I thought, maybe going into the fourth quarter. What would be the more popular song? Would it be this, the Bulls' introduction, or one shining moment? Mm. I think. Huh. Tough, I think, right? I, I think the Bulls, though. I do, too. And you know what? I put a poll on this earlier, I think maybe Friday or something, and it started out strong with one shining moment, but the more people voted, this song, the Bulls intro, took over. Now, some of it might be prison or the moment, but I think a lot of it was the popularity of this, and you immediately think of Bulls, yeah, Jordan. Listen, I'm, I'm from L.A. I'm far removed from Chicago. Uh, for us, I mean, it was played at Dodger Stadium. It was played at uh, uh, definitely at the Forum. Was I Love L.A. by Randy Newman? Okay, that song. That song is usually a go-to. At some point, uh, you'll hear it. Usually at the end, as you're leaving, <laughs> right? They'll, they'll have that in the background, especially if they win. If they lose, they don't play anything. They just say, you know, go home. Okay, so, but I know the Chicago Bulls song. 
even growing up in LA, I knew that that was the Chicago Bulls song that nobody else could play. You can't play that in another arena or stadium across America. Maybe in high school you can. Well, that's it. But you can't play like the Staples Center can't use that song to introduce LeBron James and Anthony Davis. As well as the Clippers can't do it to uh, announce Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. Think about it. It's retired. It's equivalent of numbers retired in yes. the rafters. You can't use this. That song is forever removed. And you mentioned high school. I guarantee you that one high school in every single county across the country, at least one high school, was using that song in their warm-up tapes, in layup lines. Probably. It, it came out. It didn't matter if you were in Detroit, if you were in New York, Miami. It was that popular. Salt Lake City, you watch Michael Jordan gut you two straight years, and your high school was, was still using that song for layups. It was that popular. Yep, it's it's insane. But if you use it now, if any if any pro team uses it now, say say Seattle gets a team again, they become the Seattle SuperSonics, right? And if Seattle decides to use that song, everyone would say, "Oh, cool, they're playing the Bulls song." Exactly. And I wonder when did the Bulls stop using it? Was it this? Was it Have the they? year? In, I don't know. They, I don't they know. Could still be using. It. I have, we have no idea. We're not in Chicago. We need someone from Chicago to let us know. All right. Twitch is twitch.tv slash Shander Show at Shander Show on Twitter at Ron Two Ends Culver on Twitter as well. I imagine. I mean, you cannot disgrace the legend. That was that dynasty by parading out what they have in the last couple of years with that same introduction, the punch in the gut that it would be to Michael Jordan and everything that he established in Chicago right through Scottie Pippen. I mean, you're essentially disrespecting everybody from Jordan down to Jed Bushler right, by gonna, playing this I'm, introduction. I'm going to stop you real quick. Do you think any of the Bulls players are sick of that song? In what? Sense are we talking about today? Like, are we no, talking about today's the, the Bulls, Bulls players? No, the Bulls of I mean any Bulls player. I guess you can use you can throw in today or you know Michael Jordan's Bulls, Scottie Pippen. No, but, I don't think so. Do you think they hear that song like Oh my God, I heard that thing over and over and over for Is twelve this like years? When I worked at a fast food pizza place in, in my final year in college, tired, did you grow tired <laughs> of pizza? <laughs> that specific pizza, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think, I don't know, I, I feel like that's probably in the back of their mind. Like, who was paying attention to that? It, it probably gives them chills. No, because look, if it's giving us chills, and they see that, right? If you Maybe saw, now they have an appreciation of it, but do you think like during the time Jordan was like, man, can we just get some, you know, some, I don't know, some man. run DMC in this? You would have to be a major curmudgeon. To basically stop the world because everybody was jumping in. Everybody, the entire arena was erupting and cheering and screaming your name. And to your point about this, right, it flows perfectly. All right. Now we're told. Oh, no, I love it. You can let it run. We're told on Twitch, 9-11 Sixers, even the basketball team in Teen Wolf was using that song. So it's stretched The basketball team, you're talking about the TV show Teen Wolf? Not the movie. Uh, Michael really? J. Fox. I don't think they were using this uh, song in Michael J. Fox's movie. We we need to check that too. We have a lot to research I, man, in the break. I used to watch that religiously. <laughs> All right, Mike Delaney. Go back if that if that's the case, man. Shame on me. But I don't think it was used in the movie. Maybe yeah. the TV show. I wonder. This is an interesting question on Twitch by Mike Delaney. Do the Bulls own the copyright to that song? Do you think they've purchased 
the rights to that song from the Alan Parsons project? I don't know. You know, I'll one let, of those shady deals. I'll like, let you know. I've been playing this a little too long. I'll let you know in a little bit when I get the letter. From ASCAP? <laughs> yeah, I worked in Nashville. It's the headquarters of NASCAP and BMI. And they were all, I don't know if it's just because we were down the street, but they were all over. We would get stuff all the time. Like, you know, you played something 66 seconds and you need to credit that. All right. At Shander yeah, Show. We credit Ro- the Chicago Bulls. Exactly. We don't know if it's right, but we know it's their song. There's something out there, exactly. And we'll figure out if they continue to play this song, if they own this song, and there was something else we needed to research as well. But here are two cuts I want to play before we break. We can talk about this as well, some other things that popped over the weekend. Like you might have missed the WNBA draft. You might have missed the final of horse. You might have even missed this Major League eating quarantine challenge. But one thing that I didn't hear before, and maybe this was more common knowledge than not, was Jordan telling, and again, I didn't expect to be blown away by any means, but one thing that I thought was interesting, was humorous, as well as a little bit of a nugget that popped, was Jordan telling this story about his rookie year when he walked into a hotel room. One of the articles I read, they called it Bulls Traveling Cocaine Circus. I never read that. Accurate? Ah, look, guys were doing things that I didn't see. I had one event preseason. I think we were in Peoria. Is in a hotel, so I'm trying to find my teammates. So I start knocking on doors. I get to this one door, and I knock on the door, and I can hear someone says, "Shh, someone's outside." And then you hear this deep voice says, "Who is it?" I says, "MJ." Uh, and then they all say, oh, f- he's just a rookie. Don't worry about it. So they open up the door. I walk in, and uh, practically the whole team was in there. And it was like things I've never seen in my life, you know, as, as a young kid. You, know, you got all, you got your lines over here. You got your weed smokers over here. You got your women over here. So the first thing I said, look, man, you know, I'm out, you know, <laughs> Because all I can think about is if they come and raid this place right about now, I am just as guilty as everybody else has had that's in this room. And from that point on, you know, I was more or less on my own. All right, that is the biggest thing that I took away from it, what he says at the end of that clip. And it's not so much, do you believe Jordan or, come on, you know, he, he's never had a drink or he's never had a smoke or anything worse than that. Come on. It's the awareness. Being a rookie and full-on aware of you, your brand, your reach, and your ability. And look, the guy did not come in to the NBA as the best basketball player of all time, but he was highly rated and highly heralded and could have come out a year before. If you look at a lot written up about him and expected about him, he could have even left a year before and been a top five, top eight pick. Yeah, but a lot of top college coaches at that time were saying that was the best player they've ever seen. Jordan, right. Yeah. Bob and, and, Knight, I mean, Bob Knight was like, that's the greatest player I've ever seen. Exactly. And, and I think that he came in young. And think about, the, think about the contrast, the juxtaposition, if you will. Somebody who walks into that room who has never seen a lot of what he was talking about laid out. And, yeah, I mean, the average person nowadays listening that's that age has seen a lot and probably yep. worse. 
and also having the same presence of mind, not to even be like, okay, let me dip in here. But his response wasn't, hey, I need to stay pure for tomorrow night. I need to be. It's raid. It's what happens if we get caught? What happens to me? What happens to the team? What happens to my brand? And I think it's beyond a selfish thing. I think it's being able to recognize who you are and your position. And I'm going to piggyback on that with, with what you're what you're saying, with also the fact that uh, he didn't succumb to peer pressure. Like peer pressure, I mean, because you know it's, it's He it's is there. peer pressure, Ron. No, I know, but you know it's there. <laughs> yes. You know he walks into that room and these yes. guys are like, hey, come here, Mike, Mike. I, You know, there's a great story uh, Daryl Strawberry tells. About really one of the first times he when he got called up to the big league, uh, the big leagues, he was on a plane with the Mets, and he got called to the back of the plane, and that pretty much started his habit days. Right there, right there, he yep. got called to the back of the plane. He wanted to he wanted to fit right in with everybody else, and so he decided to partake. It's subtle differences like that, right? Where yep. you look at guys who have a ton of talent and can be all-timers, which Straw could have been by all means, and, and played an insane level at, at one point at least. And then you look at someone like Jordan in that story, and it just fits. And it, it, look, it would fit for other people too if we found out that was LeBron James, right? The first or second day that he was a rookie with the Cleveland Cavaliers and told a similar story 20 years from now. It would fit. It would fit. Now, there's something from Pippen that popped that I am shocked people did not know about and i get social media is a terrible barometer for what people really think and feel but it was surprising to see people come across this as brand new information and we have a perfect test study here in ron culver for a question that we didn't really get many answers to over the weekend all right keep it here expedition radio it's a second level You're listening to The Second Level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, with way more than the scores, here's Aton Shander. You got that good nugget of insight on Jordan. Rookie year, peer pressure just bounces right off of him. He's totally aware of who he is, his standing in the NBA and sports and potential of what can be. And a very young and mature MJ says, nope, I'm out. Now, that's something that came out from this that I didn't know and didn't hear ahead of time and was nice and, and a nice compliment to the Jordan saga. Something that I thought was pretty much general knowledge was how bad both Jerry's in Chicago bent over Pippen and forced him to work at terrible in, under conditions that you could look around the NBA and question how that was even possible. And that was a major factor in not only the team breaking up, but also looking back and asking, well, what happened? And looking first, MJ leaving second with Scotty. This is a cut from The Last Dance. And Twitter, the only reason why I bring it up is because I was shocked at how many people reacted to it like it was brand new. But this is essentially what happened with one of the Jerry's and Scotty. I will get that cut coming up. The Reinsdorf one with um, talking about the contract issue. But basically... that the Bulls knew ahead of time 
they were not going to renegotiate with Scotty and that he was essentially stuck playing under terrible conditions. It drove a wedge between MJ and Scotty. And you saw from last night, it just reinforced this huge conversation that was going. I know we didn't have Twitter and all back then, but people act like nobody was reading and nobody was having water cooler conversations. All right, this is the cut Reinsdorf versus Pippen. He signed a long-term deal and it was undervalued pretty quickly. The league took off. You know, revenues went way, way up. Salaries went up. Jerry Reinsdorf was emphatic about it when guys signed the contract. I don't want to hear from you again. Don't come back and try to renegotiate. It was embarrassing because he was maybe the number two player in the NBA. His value was immense. Yeah, it was ridiculous at the time, and we were all aware of what was going on. It, it wasn't like you had to wait around for a six-month report on how bad things were with salary. It was there. It was accessible. It just it wasn't constantly hammered over your head like small things are with Twitter. I, that was something that I was not really anticipating was, and I guess the whole thing with MJ LeBron and, and other stuff about, oh, my goodness, Michael, the best ever, and talking about those conversations would repurpose themselves. But in this case, I was kind of shocked that it wasn't as much of a general knowledge piece of information that I thought it was. Newey Scruggs is going to join us in Dallas seven minutes. Not only does he have information about the Cowboys, but he might have locked down exactly what the Philadelphia Eagles are going to do in the first round. So we've got a two-for-one guy in Dallas actually might have more information on what's going on here in Philadelphia than I know I do. Also, I didn't really get the answer I wanted over the weekend and thought that there just there might not have been enough parents that were going through and experiencing this live or replay with their children. And I don't know if anybody watched both, but from reaction of people who watched the censored version, it didn't really seem like there was much to edit out. Maybe a couple of bleep words, you know, something you'd see normally and yeah. hear normally online. I think it's going to ramp up this weekend with the Dennis Rodman episode. Okay, well, what do you think, honestly? Because you watched it. Did you watch it with your children? No. Nah. Right, I mean, they, they stuck around for all of two minutes and had no interest, and they popped in and out every once in a while. And... You know, like I sarcastically, my son, you know, after it was all over, um, he came downstairs to get a drink of water. He goes, oh, did you finish your did you finish your documentary? I'm like, yeah. He goes, what'd you learn? I said that Michael Jordan was the greatest player on the planet. Which you knew already. I already knew that. <laughs> he just kind of looked at me like, okay. Well, when like, they were popping in, though, what, were they popping in on the TV mature one? Or oh, no, I, I, I'm going I'm going full full on. Right. On this. Just because, I mean, first of all. It's cable net. It's you know network cable or I don't know however you want to say it, and so it's kind of odd. I remember vividly back in the day when uh, South Park was breaking rules. Yeah, they got to say the S word a couple yeah. of times. Yeah. yeah, and they made sure to say it like a, a thousand times. Right. Um. So it's kind of FX it, drops a ton of curse words. Yeah, by the they way. do. They do. But it still it still feels taboo where it shouldn't be. I mean, they're well, just words. Yeah, but here's the thing. 
that's all it was, right? What right. else could possibly have been said? There, there wasn't, and again, even next week, it's not like they're going to have on one channel a sex scene with Rodman and Madonna, and the other channel that's been edited out for children yeah, under 14. It's just going to be words. And last night, to be honest with you, I mean, you know, even if you had watched the bleep version, it wouldn't have been annoying. I'm hoping that further along, maybe it gets annoying. That if you were to watch out the beep version, you would have been like, okay, I'm glad I'm watching the mature version. Yeah, but what do you think could possibly – I don't know. It feels like That's what I'm it's saying. such I, a stretch to have a censored version of this in the first place. Yeah, I'm thinking Dennis Rodman. That's why I'm saying I'm curious about Rodman because I, I think Rodman just uh, – you know, it's just his personality just to use, use a certain word as a verb, adjective, and a noun all together in one sentence. And you think ESPN <laughs> is going to allow every – see, that's the difference, though. Is, yeah, I think they will. I think they are just going to allow and let it roll. I don't know. Are they paying a fine? Or I, they have to go to the FCC and say, listen, we're showing a, a, a bad version and a clean version at the same time. Yeah, but why wouldn't more, especially if something like on FX, where you have the FX, FXX, and all right. the other, like, why I mean, can wouldn't we more do networks that? do this? We yeah. can do that, right? You would think so. But see, here's the thing. You laugh at me when I brought up that whole thing with Splash and editing out that Daryl Hannah scene. This is the same parent company. Who is now censoring the last dance? Hey, Disney's changed. When does it stop? How much more do you need to take out and censor? Are you, t- are you kidding me that you can't sit there and watch Michael Jordan drop an F bomb? Please. Newey Scruggs next. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. Adam Schefter with a report. 49ers fielding trade calls about both of their first-round draft picks, 13-31. and 31. And My Eagles in play for both of those picks. I'm sure they're trying desperately to move up to nab... One of the top three wide receivers. And if not, could they be looking to maybe trade back in the first round, knowing that a fourth wide receiver, somebody that is close to the area where we'll go in Dallas, the greater area, of course, and could be on the Eagles as far as a plan B is concerned. And also, of course, what's going on with the Dallas Cowboys as the NFL draft a couple of days away. I do think that there is a little bit of heightened anticipation because it's essentially going to be a 32-member Zoom meeting with Roger Goodell and Alice you know, playing that role in the Brady Bunch in the middle. This thing, of course, normally has the expectations of a lot of movement Somebody like San Francisco comes out and says, all right, it's up for grabs. Got that pick from the Colts anyway, so let's do what we can. And it might be a smokescreen, but I do think that beyond the Eagles, you're going to see a bunch of teams trying to move up, vying for that spot, especially because you really only have three of, of a pick is concerned, three wide receivers. And that's been the outside of Joe Burrow and what might happen with Tua that's been the pick du jour, right? The one that we've identified and said, oh, that, this is the top-level position. Also, with the Cowboys, it doesn't look like, and again, unless there's a run, 
on a certain position that they would be pressed to move up. And we'd find out from Newey in a minute as well. Now, the Giants, Miami, Chargers, you know, kind of in the middle there, that's been this big topic of if anybody can get up to Detroit. If anybody can put something, slap it on the table, because you know it's not going to happen with Cincinnati. You know it's not going to happen at all with Washington. Nothing along those lines, right? So what could play out? Quarterbacks, it's not going to be anything after Tua. Meaning nobody's going to trade up to San Francisco. Nobody's going to bump up there and say, all right, let's call the Niners because we need to make a run at love. And they'll knock on Justin Herbert, but once Tua goes off the board, it's pretty clear right there who could use a quarterback and who can't. Carolina's going to have that option if they so choose. And then you have, really moving down, Jacksonville, which if they did, you would think they'd move up and make a, and take a shot at Tua and not expect Herbert to kind of fall in their lap. Cleveland, Jets, Vegas, uh, be a reach. San Francisco, that spot, it's out for quarterbacks. So how many other positions are you going to make a run for? How many other positions are you going to look to trade up for? It was really all about just wide receiver, and maybe somebody would do that for Tua. But I don't think that you're going to see that so much. I really don't. I think the biggest concern would be a run on wide receivers. Because like cornerback, you can make that argument. You can lay that out and say, Every single year, if you have a shot at BPA, meaning, hey, look, you know, we could really use a inside linebacker. We could really use a guard. Hey, we could even use a backup quarterback. You can never overreach if you're grabbing a number one wide receiver or if you're grabbing what hopes to be a number one cornerback. And if you can look at the top ten, even where it doesn't matter, Arizona, right, makes this huge trade. Best player available is Ruggs. Best player available is Judy. On your draft board, you've got these guys scouted on your draft board. You're looking out, and you know, you're know you basically trying to maximize what you can for a BPA. I would definitely not overreach by any means. Here's the thing. If I'm Detroit, I'm trading out as fast as humanly possible because I know that I've taken, hopefully, seven, eight, nine days leading up to this draft to do my due diligence to sit, or maybe it's still virtually, but to have all these conversations so that by the time you hit at number three, you're confident that you've maximized your return. And even if it's Miami moving up two spots, you've milked them for another pick. Look, the Giants, you know, they're pushing here. Giants, come on, they don't want Chargers. Carolina, Jacksonville, that's out. We already know that Miami has competition as far as moving up to that number three spot for Detroit. So when I see this report come out, Adam Schefter says, well, the 49ers are fielding trade calls about both of their first-round NFL draft picks, 13 and 31. I thought, well, my Eagles and a couple of other teams, depending on where you look at the list, if you will, who's behind them. Tampa, Denver, Atlanta, 
the three teams respectively behind San Francisco at 13, not necessarily itching to move up, but could, in at least regards with Denver, is concerned. It's all about who's in front of Philadelphia that would need a wide receiver because I think Philly is going to be that leverage. San Francisco looks around and, well, we got a call from Howie Roseman in Philadelphia because the Eagles are desperately trying to move up and grab one of the three wide receivers, one of those top three guys, and not look at a plan B. So now all of a sudden, if it is Denver or if it is even Miami trying to move back up there from 18, or maybe it's a team behind New England, for example, somebody trying to move up for whatever personal reasons they have, I'm betting from the outside, of course, that the Eagles are going to be that team that's going to be used as leverage. Because the Eagles are going to be one, if not the most desperate, to move up and grab a wide receiver. At the same time, the Eagles are also a major team in play for the Niners at 31 if, in fact, they can't move up. Let's say the price is too high or the Niners, to their credit, have out-leveraged the Eagles into a better offer. Well, you're going to get a plan B, and as heard, and I wanted Nui to say it, but we can't get him because he's not answering the damn phone, Scruggs. Come on. He told me and was the first to tell me, the Eagles reached out to Rager's camp about at, at TCU to see and really talk to his head coach, and that's a strong indication of want and interest. That's beyond the, the simple due diligence. What they did with that young man was more in line with how the Eagles would vet guys that they draft or would want to draft. And look, things change. They're fluid on the draft board. I think they'll be less fluid in this crazy state that we see the draft kick off on Thursday night. It's something to look at, though. The Niners have come out and said, we're open for business. And they've got two sides. Because I think if you're Rieger, then now all of a sudden you're available anywhere from you know 28, where it would not hurt at all Lamar Jackson to get another weapon like that, even in Seattle for Russell Wilson. I know he's got two guys right now. But see, you start to look at adding another component in offense, adding another component to stretch the field. And that's exactly what he does. So it does make sense for a team like now in Philadelphia at 21 to trade back 29, 30, 31, that range to draft this kid from TCU. So the Niners have essentially opened up the door for trading in two different ends of the room, yet they have the same person interested in both sides. And they're requiring... Right, at least two people in order to do business, in order to do this dance, if they're smart. Otherwise, they're just going to hand this thing off to the first bidder. And by doing that, you're essentially locking in the Eagles either way. At this point, I feel even better about this prediction that I had over the weekend, which is the Philadelphia Eagles are going to trade back. I don't think they trade back into the second round, but at this point, we've at least identified a willing partner, public as it may be, if, as much as you believe, with Schefter. So don't be surprised at all if you see that play out. Eagles trade back 31 draft wide receiver from TCU. As far as 13 is concerned, I still think that the position in question here or the position that would drive somebody to truly trade up is still wide receiver. At Shander Show is how you follow along. Twitch.tv slash Shander Show at Ron Culver, two ends 
for Ron on Twitter. Before the break, we were throwing this around a little bit, and I, I wanted to just bring this back because I am interested moving forward if parents are going to change their tune. So real quick, you did not watch, not that you didn't allow, but I'm saying they didn't have any interest, which is fine. If they did hypothetically have interest, there was not even a question in mind about which version the three of you, because I'm assuming your youngest wouldn't be there anyway. Yeah, he's he definitely does not care at all. I mean, but, he, he w- if he was with me, he'd be sitting on the couch probably watching a, a YouTube kids video on his phone or iPad. You which, know. which is fine. I yeah. get that. That that makes sense. Nobody's you know forcing kids to I'm do. I'm not going to force him to watch about Michael Jordan yet. No. But the other two, you did. Or you would, yeah, the other at two, least. Yeah, you know, and uh, you tried. My, my oldest, my youngest, I, you know, he does not really much. My oldest is starting to get to that age where he wants to, he wants to learn about the icons of sports, the heroes of sports. He kept popping in every once in a while, and even, even so, I would have him just watch. I mean, he wa- he sat there and he watched a few minutes of it, and you know, but he, you didn't flip to the censored no, version, not no. at all. Why now, would I? Exactly, and I didn't think anybody would. But and here's, here's the, thing. the thing: I didn't have the, I didn't have the choice. Because I recorded the uncensored version. Ah, that's the difference. You recorded it. I got you. And you had no see, smart man. You forced yourself in that corner. But I wonder, does Dennis Rodman change anything for parents out there? All right, think of this. You had last night the premiere. All right, it's a lot of Jordan. It was essentially the Pippin episode that we're told are the episodes of the series. Everything's going to center and surround Jordan, but you're going to get other snippets and you get other people that will focus on. So from there, you get kind of an exhale, like, oh, all right, I'll let my 9-year-old, my 10-year-old watch it with me as, as I wanted, and there wasn't anything crazy. This wasn't a ridiculous conversation of parenting that I needed to have after. In fact, if you remember that cut we played from Jordan, that was probably a teachable moment that you could use with a child as you would get Anyway, and now you move forward, and you have Dennis Rodman, and you have what's associated with Dennis Rodman, which is madness and chaos. He's the Kramer of the Bulls. You can't predict what the hell's going to happen. You can you can put him in motion, but nobody can control him. Nobody can. Even Michael Jordan realized, and we know this. And I'm going back to being alive and living through it. But we know this. It fell apart. It it came unraveled. It didn't need to be locked in any more than a year because the whole team came unraveled. But remember, when this whole thing came about of LeBron James playing with other players and going to play in L.A., one of the more buried stories, and this is on purpose, was the lobbying that Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen did with Phil Jackson for Dennis Rodman physically going into his office, barging in and saying, Phil, we need Dennis. And I'm hoping they show all this. But are you going to change your tune? Are we going to talk a week from now and you're going to say, you know, I I had to watch the censored version, Shander, because of Dennis Rodman. No, no, no. Listen, no, I'm going to I'm hoping I'm hoping he he makes it all worth it. But nothing was going to surprise me because I don't think anything will ever be as bad as uh, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul and uh, Doc Rivers. Hiding out in uh, DeAndre Jordan's house. Playing video games and essentially locking him in? Yes. And, yeah, that, and, that, and, you know, burning uh, Mark Cuban in the process. Yeah, that was that was pretty special. I think that's the extreme. I think, you know, players going in and lobbying, saying, hey, we need to get this guy. 
uh, this guy will help out our team. I think that happens all the time. I think that's commonplace. Well, yeah, and I think what happens is it was buried because people did not want Jordan going out and asking for help to get out. Yeah. They, they just assumed Dennis Rodman fell in their lap somehow. I, I don't now, know. Now maybe they'll show it this way. I, I got to imagine the worm's going to be uh, very candid. I would think so. I mean, the, he, he didn't give uh, you-know-what, so he's going to talk well, a lot of thing, it. My big thing, like uh, Tony and I were talking earlier, my big thing is I want to know when the worm changed. Into? Because, into the worm. Because Dennis Robin, Pistons Dennis Robin, almost seems mild-mannered. He was very reserved, didn't really talk that much, wasn't really outspoken. And then all of a sudden he gets to the Bulls and this... this all right, guy I have a theory rocks. on that. All right, I, we'll, I'll give you my theory on that. We'll wrap the hour coming up. At Shander Show, at Ron Culver, two ends, twitch.tv slash Shander Show, 800-224-2004. It's the second level. You're listening to the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, with way more than the scores, here's Aton Shander. Busy second hour, Newey Scruggs will join us, fake news with Ron Culver, and a list of stuff you can't wear if you're going to be in the draft. Now, Ron brought up when, and really asked, when Rodman turned into Rodman. So, I had a theory on this, and Thieve826 beat us to it in the break on Twitch. And it opens up, I think, the it's a two-part thing. First off, and, and before you even get to the two parts, this is always, I think, what Dennis Rodman and who he was, and that's fine. He, he wants to express himself and be out there. That was always what he had. But Chuck Daly was like, Chuck Daly was to Rodman as Customato was to Mike Tyson. And when Daly was gone, it started to open up. And then all of a sudden, he's next to Pippen, Jordan, Jackson, this huge train. And he's like, all right, not only can I stretch out and be me, but I need to compete. I need to compete with MJ. And I think he realized he could take it to that next level. But I think it all stems back to Chuck Daly. Set your system's volume control for slightly above the normal listening level. Let's go. Second level thinking is defined as looking beyond the easy, obvious conclusions. You got to do some smart thinking. Welcome to the second level. To the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Where we go beyond the box score. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's your host, Aton Shander. Busy hour. We've tracked down Nui Scruggs, and wait till you hear what he was doing while I was ripping him for blowing us off. Fake news with Ron Culver. It's a staple now. We're a week in, and we've committed to it. And I think four out of the five days, we've actually started this thing on time. So we have a nice little streak going here. Finally, before we get out of here... We're going to throw three things out at the world, including, of course, Ron Culver. Sometimes Ron Culver does represent the world. Sometimes you out there on Twitch and Twitter and everywhere else, Facebook, where you can watch and visually consume the show, represent it as well. But we've got three things to kind of rank as far as where it would be on our level. If we did not have the last dance, 
Because the, thankfully, if, if you want even more reinforcement of how necessary the last dance was to open up on Sunday night, and no, I'm not taking another subtle shot at Westworld, which HBO has totally ruined, it's three sport-related pieces of content. And I'm probably putting it nicely and doing them some justice by referring to it as that. You might have missed. That's what we'll call it. You might have missed because there are three things you might have missed and are forced to have watched you probably would have been unhappy all around. There is something that we need to talk about and discuss before we get out, and that's a mandate handed down from the NFL to future draftees Thursday, Friday night over the weekend, what they can wear during this virtual time because everything's going to be on camera. But speaking of odds, if we were to just lay out blindly, if I were to give you a quote, and ask you who would the first person to pop in mind be, associate with this quote, it would be who? Think of this. What would be the minus 500 odds on favorite? Quote, can Bigfoot or aliens get coronavirus? I need to know because I have had contact with them. End quote. So who right now, and I don't even want to limit it to sports, just in general. No, it's not Alex Jones on Twitch. I guess that's a decent guess. Where would Jose Canseco be on your list? Minus 500 plus 1,000? Because that's who said it. Dealing with the root of the issues, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. As mentioned, we go out to the progressive guest line and, and bring in a man who not only has some information and insight on the team that he's been covering to an Emmy level for a decade plus in Dallas, but some insight here in Philadelphia. Now, I know a lot of people out there that are thinking, well, I'm not in Philadelphia, I'm not in Dallas, but... Movement in the draft impacts everybody. And if, in fact, the Philadelphia Eagles are moving up or back, as we laid out in the first hour, San Francisco is now a candidate for either now with the Philadelphia Eagles moving up to 13 or back to 31. It's going to impact the draft board. It's going to impact even if it's a run on a certain player. So we know the Dallas Cowboys are at the time locked in at 17. The Eagles a little bit farther back at 21 and really what's going to happen moving forward with some really popular names down in Dallas and one of the most popular is Newey Scruggs at Newey Scruggs on Twitter Aton Shander second level what's happening man hopefully uh hopefully part of me everything is all good with you and yours and appreciate the time I know we don't come first you were doing some great things even though I ripped you for blowing us off I feel even worse now be after finding out what you were doing yeah, there's a there's a group that I work with. Um, it's a group that works with fatherless fatherless boys, and I was getting some supplies over to them, and I left my phone in the car, and I was trying to make sure I explained what I wanted with a couple of books because there's one kid that my wife and my daughter took an affinity to, mm. and we wanted to make sure that he got these books specifically and read them to his uh, read them to his four year old brother. But you know, taking over just. You know, resources people need right now, toilet paper, uh, tissues. So a lot of these kids are coming from some really tough, tough, you know, uh, places in life. And so, you know, my thing is just 
I've been fortunate. You know, I don't know what it's like to not have my dad. My dad's always been around for me. So, you know, when I can help out these kids, man, that's what I'm trying to do in my own way, Aton. So, anyway, I apologize to you and your listeners for not being there for you, but I'm here for you right now, man. Brother, please don't. You have nothing to apologize at all for, and, and just thank you from a distance. And I'm sure there are many thousands of people who are thanking you firsthand down there for, for doing what you do and doing what you do beyond a pandemic hitting as well. So thank you for your service, first and foremost. Let's talk about the idea of the Philadelphia Eagles drafting a wide receiver out of TCU. Now, I credited you. You gave me this nugget, and I ran with it up here and, and did a little research of my own. And I'm locked in now to this belief, Nui, that the Eagles have their eye on this young man and might even trade back to get him. Yeah, um, the Phillies already called head coach Gary Patterson about Jalen Rager and uh, their cornerback, uh, Jeff Gladney. So, mm. you know, these are two guys that, that the Eagles have talked about, and they called Coach Patterson about them. Uh, Baltimore also called uh, Coach Patterson about them. So I, I've known, you know, just a little background here, I've known Deshaun Jackson since he was a junior high kid, and his brother worked with me at Channel 13 in L.A. So I, I got to see him as a, a junior high kid, and it always knew Great, and his college bowl game ended up being played at TCU Stadium at Fort Worth when he was playing for Cal. And uh, what a great second round pick! We all know it was for the size as he went there, and he turned out to be a really, really fantastic football player. The great pick by the Eagles. Dalen Rager represents basically so much of what everybody in Philly loved about Deshaun Jackson. He's a guy with tremendous speed, take the top off, who can help you in the return game. If you start looking at his highlights, if you you know, look deep enough, you're going to see about seven, seven to eight touchdowns this year where the quarterbacks just didn't get him the ball properly. The quarterbacking this year wasn't good in part because they had a freshman who was playing, and then they had a grad transfer from K-State, and they just couldn't get Jalen the, the football. Jalen is playing for – if he's playing with Alabama and, and, you know, you put him in the Henry Ruggs position here and he's catching balls from Pua, then you're talking about him more as a first-round pick, and you're saying, man, this guy's really good because he's going to have the production – uh, he just didn't have it at TCU, not through his own fault. So to me, if you're you're Philly, you can stay at 21 and take Rager all day long because I think he'll be there for them. I don't think there's any reason to move up. The only way you move up is if you're trying to get a Henry Ruggs type of player or a Jerry Judy, and I just think it's also going to be too much for Philadelphia to go to go do that. All right, before we look at moving up, because the Niners have made it known now they're dangling 13, as far as staying at 21, do you think that the Eagles – or really any team in this situation, if they needed a wide receiver in the top three or off the board, I wonder if they would move back with the, and maybe it's 30 in Green Bay or 31 specifically with San Francisco, Nui, knowing they could get Rager then and not have, and still maybe getting an extra third or fourth round pick. Hey, look, you're talking about a receiver class that is deep. And I think smart teams at the top who may need a wide receiver are going to sit there and take something they may need maybe an offensive tackle or a corner, and go get these receivers later on. Um, I just think it's that deep. So could they move back and try to get Rager? Sure, I, I could see that. I, I really could. Um, but you don't want to go too far back because, you, like anyone in any good team in the draft, you're going to look at Rager and see his skills and say, okay, hey, look, this is what we like about him. And if the scouts do enough proper research, and as I spoke about, how many balls does this kid not get because of the great, you know, the quarterback play wasn't good? What if you put him with someone like a Carson Wentz who knows how to hit that kind of guy? So um, you, can't, you can't go too bad. You can't go far too bad. And I just, I'm a big believer in every time you 
go back, Aton, you're leaving good players on the board. Yeah. If you've got a guy you like and you think he fits you, go ahead and pull the trigger. Stop playing around here trying to, well, let's go get this pick and let's go get that pick. Because the guy you want, you know, you may you may be too smart and too cute and not get who you want. So, in my opinion, if you think Rager fits what you want to do and can help make Carson Wentz a better quarterback, because that's what all these picks need to be about offensively. How does it help make Carson a better player? That's what you need to do. How much, we're chatting with Newey Scruggs, at Newey Scruggs on Twitter, SB Nation Radio, it's the second level at Shander Show for me. Uh, was it overblown? Was it on point? Was it not dug in enough by local media, Dak Prescott, and the violation of social distancing? Um, <laughs> the biggest thing I criticize Dak for is not having better friends. I mean, <laughs> how are your friends going to sit around here and go take, take photos and sell them to TNZ? Have to go uh, I mean, full cheater on him. On the, you know, you on the train, okay? These folks on the gravy train, and they're this ungrateful. They go sell you out like this here. Um, it wasn't smart. And for me, if I'm trying to get $35 million a year, I'm not going to have anybody around me that may prevent me from getting that by $35 million. Well, I'm not catching no COVID-19. Um, but I go back to this, Aton. We talk to these guys. I talked to about about Dak. I'm a 40. I'm in, I'm in my 40. He's 26 years old. Zeke's 20, you know, 25 years old. These guys think they're invincible. And in some way, maybe the best thing to happen to them was this got exposed because then the Joneses got on them, told them, don't do this again. And I'm sure somebody just said, hey, you want your money? Well, we're not giving you no money if you laid up in a hospital coughing with some COVID-19. And hopefully Vaughn Miller's situation will wake these guys up to realize that you have to take this thing seriously. Absolutely, Nui. What are they going to do at 17? they got to take a cornerback uh, or they got to take somebody up front in the D-line. So they have needs on both of them. The problem for the Cowboys as an organization, you start looking at this team uh, from a, a standpoint of who's under contract for 2021. Their defensive back, they only got one guy, Anthony Brown. And Anthony mm. Brown is not a number one corner here, but they don't have any more safeties under contract. So they got to fill that spot of the secondary and then also up front. Outside of Tank Lawrence, there's nobody there who's a who's a difference maker that's going to be on this team long term. So it's going to be one of those two places right there where they go and address that football team. Any shot, and I, I go back to San Francisco, kind of dangling thirteen. Is there any shot that Dallas moves up? Have they have they, in your opinion, or maybe you identified a player that would be worthy of moving up? They can't move up and trade up, especially if you're trying to get from, from 17 to 13, because when they sign Dak Prescott, they're going to be up against it with the cap. And so what they're going to have to do is not just draft players. They've got to draft players who hit and become starters uh, pretty quickly. So if you're trying to move up, you're not good enough to be the Cowboys to give up a third-round pick or a fourth-round pick, mm-hmm. because these are potentially players that can help you and you have them under contract for you know, in, in team-friendly deals. So I don't see any way the Cowboys can go trade up because their cap situation is going to be really tight. And then you go back to the fact that Travis Frederick, the center retired, they're going to have to break up his salary cap hits over the next two years. Right. So, no, I don't see them trading up. If anything... You could look to see them maybe trade down because that's what they have done in the past, and Jerry Jones likes doing that. But I don't see any way they trade up to 13. If you trade up to 13, you've got to be trading up for one of, one of two players. 
All right, Javon Kimlaw, the defensive tackle out of South Carolina, or you're trading up for C.J. Henderson of Florida. But I don't see him doing either one. And I do believe, depending on how this draft goes, in my opinion, Aton, if we see a run on tackles, that'll push some of the wide receivers down. And I think starting at 11, the Jets could start in there with Jerry Judy. And mm-hmm. I see I see the Niners taking C.D. Lamb um, at 13 and the Broncos taking Henry Ruggs at 15. Thank you for ruining my night and taking the top three Philadelphia Eagles targets off the board. Nui, I love you, man. Thank you for your service. Thank you for everything you're doing. I have a minute, like a TV minute, not even a radio minute left. How many? How much is Mike McCarthy, how much is are his hands? I'm, I say I have a minute left. I can't even get the question out. How much are McCarthy's hands all over this draft? McCarthy will have some. The Cowboys like listening to their guys. So look for Mike Nolan to play a big instrumental part in this because the Cowboys are going to make sure he gets the defensive guys that he needs to remake this team. Thank you, sir. You got it, buddy. Be well. Bye-bye. At Nui Scruggs. Great follow on Twitter, NFL, and beyond. Fake news with Ron Culver next here on the second level. Dealing with the root of the issues, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. Rod Culver has four stories. Three of them are real. Now, as he did last week, the fake stories were all plots or bad plots to real movies. I don't know what you have in store this week, but I don't want to waste any more of your time. No, I think we're going to leave the bad movie plots alone. Now I'm just going to see what the old brain can bring up to see if I could stump you. (laughs) Fair enough. This is a dangerous path you walk down relying on a brain, but I'm with you. Uh, Hey, hey, what are you trying to say? Well, just in general. I I would In general, your brain. My brain, your brain? My brain. Use my brain I'm not relying on your brain. I'm relying on my brain. Good, good. All right, here we go. Ready? I'm ready. All right. Florida judge pleads with attorneys to put clothes on during Zoom hearings. Well, how how bad is your situation that somebody can see you're not wearing any clothes? And we're talking about a trial here? Is yeah, that well, safe to assume? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the newest thing. I mean... Certain things have stopped, obviously, in our country, but there are still cases pending, and there are probably a few that don't need a jury, don't need to go to a courtroom, the traditional courtroom setting that we always see on TV. Sure, like Law and Order. You better be going somewhere with this counselor. Exactly. A lot of cases are... Done in an office, in a you know they just have, right. they simply have a deposition and sure. everything's taken care of, and then the judge, the judge a judge right. is present, and then they just you know bam you're done right there. So those type of hearings are still going on. They're just doing it over Zoom. Yeah, same thing, that, same principle applies. All right, are people wearing tank tops? I mean, is somebody wearing uh, you know like one of those undershirts? I'm thinking some of them are just going shirtless. Maybe some of them are just wearing shorts. I don't know. I think the judge, you know, they're. I, I'm well, hoping that, you know, if they're wearing shorts and a T-shirt, a judge is going to be like, okay, I get it. Well, the problem, though, is that this is Florida. So that's the big I'm, I'm, variable in yes, here. Yes, it is, isn't and, it? 
Yes, if somebody showed up naked to one of these things, would I would not truly, surprise. No, no. All right. So story one: Florida lawyers are naked on Zoom, or at least, or at least underdressed. I, I, yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking underdressed or maybe topless. Okay. Not the not the female lawyers, obviously. Sure. You know, but I mean, yeah. At the same time, they just rolling in out. You know, right out of bed. Uh, Untossed, you know, uncombed hair, teeth probably hadn't been brushed yet because, hey, let's face it, no one can smell your breath through Zoom. Well, look, I I slept in. I woke up early, really early this morning. I had to take the dog out. I had to take the trash cans out, a bunch of things for the house. Went back to sleep and crashed and overslept. So I'm wearing the exact same thing I was wearing last night for the evening show I do on Sunday night, 6 to 9 Eastern. So if anybody watched the stream last night and is watching the stream tonight, it's pretty easy to determine that I have not showered. But I have brushed my teeth, at the very least. You got to. Okay. All right, so that's story one. (laughs) Story number two, Dr. Fauci. Oh, he's back? Has already had his likeness on socks and donuts. Now he's getting his very own bobblehead. Okay, first off, I am anti-bobblehead. And I have two on the Twitch stream to show and illustrate how anti of a bobblehead I am. I have Jake Elliott, who is the Eagles kicker. And I have Gritty with a mic flag over his head. It's my ironic version of it. But, okay. with, but with that said, I, I don't know. Where are you going to put the Fauci bobblehead? Who's amongst, buying amongst your collection of bobbleheads? Who's put? Okay, but what's next? If you're buying Fauci socks and Fauci donuts, wouldn't you want a Fauci bobblehead? I guess a Fauci donut is, is like any donut you get with a team logo. I can get a donut from Dunkin' Donuts with with a Sixers logo on it. I'm still going to eat it, right? Socks with Fauci, really? Yeah. Hey, you know what? You got to you got to have some uh, remembrance of COVID nineteen. I survived COVID nineteen, and all I got was a pair of Fauci socks. There you go. <laughs> that's going to be your. That's going to be your T-shirt. I love it. All right. So <laughs> the story two is uh, what is it now? The Fauci bobblehead. Fauci bobblehead. Jeez. All right. Already believable. Next story number three: The Kenyan government has employed members from the Maasai tribe to whip people who are not obeying the country's shelter-in-place laws. Now, the, the Maasai tribe that you referenced, they, they come from giants, from, from a very tall group of people if you go back into uh, anthropology. Wow, you know a lot more about this tribe than I do. Well, absolutely. And I just know a, they put CDs in their lips. Well, that okay. Well, CDs like actual, not like a CD in your Bank of America account. Yeah, I'm talking about you know the ones that you played. You, you want to throw DVD? We can throw DVD. <laughs> All right, DVD's fine, too. It's the same circumference, is it not? Pretty much. So they've been employed to whip people who are not adhering to social distancing? Yes. Man, don't you think it would hurt more to get whipped by somebody who's six foot eight than it would be by five foot eight, or does height not factor in? Yeah, on this? no, I I don't think it matters. Uh, put it you this way: Would you rather get whipped by Vern Troyer or Minute Bull? I don't know if it matters. I think it does. Just because you're a short person doesn't mean you can't generate power. No, I know, but of, you can definitely. There's a lot more. Arm I guess speed. leverage, right? Yeah, you're yeah, right. Arm, arm speed, arm speed and coming down. Gravity too that you're leveraging. Yeah. Okay, so you're right. This is so. This, if true, I would, would actually much be a rather, pretty big deterrent. I put it this way: I would much rather get uh, get towel snapped by my three year old than my twelve year old. Okay, uh, when you put it like that, 
That makes sense. A 12-year-old who was able to watch the mature version, mind you, yes. of The Last Dance. Yes. Okay, fourth story. Fourth story. Even though large gatherings are largely prohibited throughout our country, people are still finding ways to celebrate the time-honored tradition of Dingus Day. What is is isn't Dingus somebody on a television show? Wasn't Dingus a character on Was he? Like one of those awful shows like The Middle or, or something like that? I don't know if it was Wait a second. Dingus was on was it Boy Meets World? Was that what it was? Minkus. Oh, uh, that's what I'm thinking of. Minkus. Minkus. <laughs> What's Minkus, Dingus, Dingus Day? Dingus Day is uh, the day after Easter Sunday, which is usually celebrated with uh, large parties. Is that normal? So this is something yeah, that's Yeah, no, no- it's a Eastern Christianity, Eastern Orthodox Church. Okay, but it's had to uh, celebrates Dingus Day. Now it's all virtual or it's been It's got to be virtual cuz you can't can't have large gatherings today. All right, look, if people are doing virtual happy hours, if you're subscribing to these on Zoom and other video platforms, then you can do a virtual Dingus, right? I don't think that's asking too much to no, have I a think virtual you do Dingus. A, I think you can do a virtual Dingus. Is there anything that you lose by having your dingus virtual as opposed to real? Ooh, that's a tough question. Uh, think about that. If you are sacrificing something real for a virtual dingus, then maybe there is going to be some blowback as opposed to just open acceptance of we need to move dingus day to virtual as opposed to continuing to risk our health. I'm just thinking as how fantastic is dingus day today with 420. Yeah, you're right. This is a perfect storm for a Just lot of saying. people. All right, so I'm going to ask you that coming up. Let's look at this, though. The four stories. Florida lawyers are wearing... Pantless. Pantless. So, at, let's, at just, least, let's just assume, right? Yeah, but how... That's That was the first question I had in when we opened this thing up. Pantless, how, where is your camera that you're able to see a full body on shot? On your lap. Oh, all right. Florida lawyers, Fauci, bobblehead... The six foot eight whippers in Kenya. <laughs> and the last story here. Oh, man. This is tough. These are good. I have to be honest. You're welcome. All right. I'm going to say. Wow. I'm going to say the Fauci bobblehead only because I don't think we're at that point yet. I can believe that a government would say, let's get the biggest badasses that we can find to to facilitate, if you will, our version of martial law. I can see that last story actually playing out with Dingus, especially because everything has been virtual. But I'm going back and forth just because of the cameras and how stupid somebody can be if they're not wearing pants to not check ahead of time. Now, Twitch is telling me it's four. I get a bunch of people on Twitch telling me four, four. The last story, Dingus Day. I'm going to go against the audience and say Fauci bobblehead. Well, I'm glad you went against the audience because the audience is wrong. But so are you. Are you going to tell us or are you going to make us wait? No, I'll tell you. The fake story was the Maasai tribe. Oh, now where'd you pull that one? You just pulled it out of your head? No, I kind of switched tribes. (laughs) What was the tribe in question? Brazilian gangs. Uh, You even switched continents, (laughs) you sneaky guy. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. 
from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. Uh, three things on the NFL will jam in the next six or seven minutes and then something to throw at you just to kind of remind you and illustrate to you just how necessary and lucky and fortunate we were for ESPN to ramp up the airing of the last dance that we got last night. And now I get it, you have to wait a week, but if I can sit and wait a week for HBO to ruin one of my favorite shows in Westworld, then you can sit and wait a week for Dennis Rodman, Phil Jackson, anything else that's coming our way down the line here. The Niners, we talked about this in the first hour, it opens it up more than just my Philadelphia Eagles, I promise. The Niners are going to make a trade. It's going to happen in the first round. It's either going to be at 13 or at 31. And it might be a run, which I believe and, and kind of expect it to happen, a run on wide receivers. And it might simply just open up a run, one team moving up. But nobody's trading up to 13 to draft Love or Herbert, for that matter, if they're still on the board, Herbert himself. Nobody's doing that right now, maybe for a cornerback. But it's not going to happen for an offensive tackle or anybody else, even linebacker, pass rusher, as much as you could make an argument for one team you're going to need at least another partner involved. You're going to need three total teams to drive it up. Otherwise, a squad's going to look at that San Francisco specifically and say, well, there's no drive. There's no real need to push this thing back. There's no real driving force that is basically directing us, saying if we can't draft some or if we can't trade out, then we have to do something and, and just find a team no matter what, meaning if we couldn't leverage that trade out. That's what I meant to say to get out. The other thing that happened kind of rapidly, and this was, I think, over the span of maybe two or three days, to look at maybe a future of whether or not Leonard Fournette opens up the season as a member of the Jags. I mean, think about three days in the life of Leonard Fournette. He comes out and openly campaigns at the end of last week for his team in Jacksonville, which we already know is doing everything they can to tank, which is a little bit of a different definition in the NFL as it is maybe in other sports like the NBA. But they're doing that. They're going NFL tank mode this year, hopefully for their purposes, getting somebody like Trevor Lawrence the following season, which might strike a chord on anybody thinking that the Jags are in play for a quarterback this year either in the draft or free agent. Now, Cam Newton's out there. We know Cam is still out there. So here's Leonard Fournette with the suggestion. Hey, guys, why don't you go out and sign Cam Newton? Probably a good thing to do. You know, you could still help this team. We may not be as bad as we appear if you go out and get Cam. It can make my life easier, your life easier, coach, general, everybody's life a little, just a little bit easier. All right, Leonard, that's a pretty good suggestion. Let's sit down. Let's digest this. We'll tell you what you think. And if you've ever emailed, sat down, texted, voiced in a suggestion, something that you know could work, and you get the typical, well, we just need to digest it, and we'll let you know what we think. It's not a bad suggestion, but we'll just let you know what we think. And then what happens, the response, you know, maybe Leonard was, was a little pushy. I didn't hear back in 12 hours. Let me, let me text uh, nothing still. Let me push it a little further here. Come on. Doug Marone, can you at least respond to my text about going out and signing Cam? And the response you get is, we appreciate your input, sir, but we're now looking to trade you to another company. 
<laughs> that is as typical as it gets in that corporate ladder, right? Instead of you wouldn't get traded, it would be something far worse. That's now what we have in a span of, I don't know, three days. Suggesting to sign Cam Newton effectively put Fournette on the trading block. Now you look a little deeper and you realize that the Jags are mulling over picking up his fifth-year option, and that cer- uh, certainly factors in to trading Fournette or wanting to trade Fournette. But you can't write the comedy of it as far as the chronology of it. You, just, you cannot look at that and think anything else, at least on the surface, which is stop suggesting stuff. This team is trying to tank, not get any better. Finally, the NFL has put out a list of what you can and can't do, pretty much what you can't do when it comes to prohibited apparel guidelines for the stay-at-home draft. Pro Football Talk put this out, and they have the full 15, I think it is, things that jump. Now, I sent this to you, Ron, ahead of time. Is there any? There's one thing that I thought was rather interesting, and again, I don't necessarily disagree with it, but I thought it would be worth kind of looking at was there anything on this list of 15 things that you can't do according to the nfl where like what you can't have on your gear that jumped out at you and if there's nothing that's fine this is well, the trick question i'm not the, trying to explain well, no, no, something no, no, the, there was i have something ready to go if you don't two and 15 almost seems similar to me Derogatory statements regarding the NFL, its owners, employees, and or NFL partners is 15. Number two would be disparaging depictions <laughs> of the NFL or any third-party brands. Absolutely. I think it was just trying to drive the point home is they came up with these and they got to two. And then, you know, they went through the entire list. And someone says, you know, but what if they just put words on a page Yep, on, on, on a T-shirt? And you had to go back and say, well, let's reinforce two, yeah. but we'll reword it. And we'll reword trap it every- right. and make sure that everyone knows we mean business. Don't say bad things about our beloved commissioner, Roger Goodell. All right. So the one that I thought was in- – and you're right. That, that does seem odd when you look at it because it's basically the same exact thing as two – but it's, I guess, there to reinforce and, and yeah. maybe catch any, any extra shrapnel that might get through. Eight, to me, is interesting because I feel like eight, which is political statements, <laughs> it can go either way, right? Like, well, we already saw how much Garth Brooks got in trouble for wearing a Bernie Sanders jersey this year. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Now, I, I feel like you should be able as a future draftee and look i i don't care about anybody's politics because i don't subscribe to politics and people find that offensive in its own right that's fine but if and, but i also don't come down on people who want to go and, and partake in whichever side they associate with but why can't you wear a you know with it bleeped out of course like, why couldn't you wear a bleep Trump shirt or a MAGA hat? Like, why couldn't you wear either one of those? Is the NFL trying, and I'm asking, is the NFL trying to... They're just trying to stay PC. Huh. To yeah. avoid controversy. Because the NFL, I think I think this is what it is. The NFL gets enough controversy by itself that you don't just need to add added controversy of, let's just throw, uh, you know, yeah, a, a MAGA hat. Well, look, if Joey Bosa wanted to wear a MAGA hat or if fill-in-the-blank uh, Malcolm Jenkins, and I'm going back right to when he was drafted, wanted to wear, uh, you know, like, don't trust it hat, you know, with Trump's head on it, I don't care either way. It's not impacting or sway. I'm not voting because I saw Joey Bosa's hat or Malcolm Jenkins' hat. 
But I guess to your point about controversy, the NFL is so good at maneuvering through the lanes and avenues and rivers that they dig themselves, right? Like, yes, I get it. This is an easy one, and that's why I brought it up and referenced it, because it's an easy one to point at and say, come on, Shander, uh, a bag of hat or whatever the opposite uh, version of that would be is going to incite and get people upset and pissed off, and you don't want that. But at the same time, just look at what happened with the kneeling controversy that they created. This wasn't a controversy until the NFL created. Look at discipline issues that the NFL, in hindsight, always gets caught with their metaphorical pants down. It just seems like the NFL always walks this line where the left foot is, hey, let's get ahead of something, and let's be PC savvy, and let's put something out so we at least get it out there to make sure that we're not offending, upsetting, or ruffling any feathers. And then that right foot, it's like what you referenced in the break, touchstone to Disney. That right foot is the R-rated stuff, which is, we're just going to come down and we're just going to swing with a heavy hammer and let people figure it out on social media and beyond. I do think that it was an interesting jump on that. But again, people may look at that and think it's a simple one to just avoid and say, come on, dude, you don't need to wear that hat, that hat fill in the blank hat. Just thought it was worthy bringing up because you've got 15 of them and outside of the obvious, which is don't rip the NFL. Like, don't wear a T-shirt ripping the NFL, the league that you're about to be a part of. Or don't wear a T-shirt that says, same old Browns, if you get drafted by the Bengals. I mean, does that does that really have to be said, the disparaging things about the NFL? I mean, what, think about it. Like, last job interview you ever had. Right. Did you walk in just going, you know, bleep this company? Yeah. Right? Never. I mean, <laughs> never. Has that never. ever crossed your mind? No. To go into a job interview where you're hoping to get drafted, or, you know, you finally get drafted, you put on a hat that just says, you know, has the NFL logo upside down. Maybe, right. So, maybe they're talking about, like, you know, the infamous Roger Goodell clown face t shirt. They don't want them wearing that. I think so. Yeah. They, they, was it the Simmons or the Barstool, whatever, yeah. who created are that? They, uh, are they going to care? Because so far, I've seen a couple of interviews, uh, especially with uh, Scott Van Pelt. I've seen a couple of interviews already where they haven't really cared about whether or not these guys are wearing shirts. Right. Is that judge in Florida going to contact him and go, hey, listen, guys, act like you've been here before. Act like it's a real draft. Maybe you should be wearing a suit. The NFL does have him on retainer. So <laughs> Just a quick text. By the way, that judge was out of Broward County. Broward County. Okay. Yeah, and uh, he had an issue. He had a couple Which issues. Had a couple issues because one of the lawyers did show up with no shirt on. Uh, another lawyer, she failed to get out of bed completely. Oh, my goodness. And I so love she it. was doing her deposition, laying in bed with the cover still over her. I love it, man. North so. Miami, this is it. Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood. Yeah. It's, a, is... it's a pretty big county. It's yeah. well populated. It's not, <laughs> it's it's not in the middle of Florida and the sticks of Florida. No. If there no. are sticks in Florida. All right, I want you to think of this real quick. Before we get out of here, I told you we'd put this little hierarchy out. And just think of what the odds-on favorite would be. We're taking away the last dance, and we're forcing you to watch one. You can only choose one of these three events that actually happened. These three are real. This is not fake news. I didn't create something. I didn't pull it off a bad movie plot. This all happened over the weekend, really back into the extension of the end of last week. So these are your three options, and let's look at it not only from what you personally would want, but what you think the country would choose. I'll give you the three options. We'll talk about this as we wrap the hour next. 
First was the Major League Eating Quarantine Challenge. First round, two pounds of bologna. Second round, 48 Oreos and a half gallon of milk. Second option, horse. The final, the final edition of horse. It all came down to this. And the third, the WNBA, there was a draft. It was the WNBA draft. And you know what? Nobody hacked any team. Shocker. We'll wrap the hour next on the second level. You're listening to The Second Level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios with way more than the scores, here's Aton Shander. Matt Peralt pushing the odds comes your way next on SB Nation Radio, SBNationRadio.com, and the SB Nation Radio app gave Ron in the country three options. This is it. We took away the last dance. And you only have three options when it comes to sport-related content. A bunch of people on YouTube racing to see who can eat food fast. The horse final or the WNBA draft. Now, let's start with you, Ron. And you asked in the break, do you have the benefit of hindsight? Yes, Yes. you do. You have the benefit. Now that I have the benefit of hindsight... Now, I want um, two things from you. One, what you would do, but really also what you think the country, like what would be the odds-on favorite for both the Culver House and the rest of the nation? Well, the odds-on favorite, I think, would be uh, ESPN's horse. This is the final, though. We already yeah. know how bad it's been. I know. I think I know how everyone knowing how bad it is, I think they would, given the three options, I think people would tune into that. Now, for me, at the benefit of hindsight, I would I would go in this order: WNBA draft, major no league, way. yes, major league eating contest, and then ESPN televising horse. The reason why I say the WNBA draft, and I'm watching the first 20 minutes of it, <laughs> or do I have to sit through the whole? No, thing? you are full on committed, <laughs> sir. Um, yes, you, you can't bail. This is not like your kid walking God, in and out of know, the last dance. Because you know why I would watch the first 20 minutes of it. Because I'm sure somebody who's really attractive is either getting drafted no, or part of no, the, they, uh, uh, the first, I thought some superficial the reason. The first part of the WNBA was uh, to hand out three honorary draftees uh, or to have three honorary draft picks. And that was uh, Gigi Bryant. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, I can't remember the other two girls' names. Okay. And then I would want to watch the first overall pick because that was obviously, and I knew, everyone knew it was going to be uh, Sabrina Ionescu. Did they? Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know the draft was going on. Does well, that I didn't make know, me a I didn't, bad... No, I didn't know the draft was going on either, but once I saw that Sabrina Ionescu was trending and found out that you know it's because she was the number one pick by the New York Liberty, and her New York Liberty jersey sold out within an hour. What's her name, Sonia? Sabrina Ionescu. Who's more popular, Sabrina Ionescu or Sonia Thomas? It's probably Sabrina Ionescu, especially because she was... Uh, she was she was the one who was best friends with Kobe Bryant, and had really taken oh, a liking okay, to Gigi. Okay. Well, see, I can't. Okay, I was going to make light of the whole thing, but now, now I can't. Now you Thank can't. you. you. Thank can't. you for. Yeah, I'm saving your. I'm saving your hand in. Okay, what are your three then? Well, I would just swap the top two. I think people have been so put off by horse. Yeah, I, w- that I couldn't watch it. They'd rather see somebody stuff their mouth with Oreos at this point than watch another blown left-handed layup. I do think that the WNBA. And now that you added all of that in there, would probably get a higher vote. So for me personally, I would swap the two. But I think you're right. I think the nation would choose the WNBA draft. And it's unfair 
not to say that they shouldn't have done it, but I'm saying when you compare the other two, like there's no Kobe Bryant tribute to the Major League Eating Quarantine Challenge. And you I don't think try. that would be. Well, yeah, I but I don't, don't think that would be. That doesn't bring anybody in, does it? He, he was a healthy guy, so I don't know what. Uh, no. What you, or do you think they just do everything by 24 in eight seconds? How fast could you eat 24 Oreos, Ron? Not in eight seconds. <laughs> we're back on Tuesday. We'll try to go out to Cincinnati. There might be a story with the Giants brewing as well.